0: Blog Talk Radio Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page 1 with Lavar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio.
1: can't get over that one. I almost have to hear it twice. Was that a professional intro? <laughs> <laughs> We've done this show for 112 episodes. Was that a professional intro I finally heard?
0: Uh, you're way too excited about it.
1: It's great. <laughs> I, I am, because you know why? Because it's about time. And, and I think even in this era which everybody else is trying to do stuff to stand apart, we're going to start doing more to stand apart from everybody, but welcome to page one. It's Friday. I am LeVar, and, of course, my wonderful friend, co-host, who is out in the West. Mary is here as well. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, thank you.
1: The How weekend. are you
0: doing tonight, other than everything?
1: I'm I'm good. You know, here's the thing. I I'm going to get to probably... Why I feel like I'm on a roller coaster with uh, society uh, in, in a second. But before we kind of get into everything, uh, as a, I've told you many times, sometimes our conversation is the stuff that you don't hear, is probably sometimes the stuff that you need to hear. And I actually had to stop Barry a few seconds before this broadcast because she was a little bummed tonight. Uh, we'll help her out. Because a lot she could not chance to watch her Cubs versus the Cardinals, which was canceled due to a few uh, a few Cardinals players coming down with COVID nineteen, um, and you know you don't hear of this issue so far with the NHL and the NBA because they are in a bubble, and with baseball, baseball is one of those things where they can make it up in double headers. And what I was about to say before I kind of stopped myself because I wanted to kind of start this discussion here, is that when the NFL starts, there is no such thing as a doubleheader or we'll make it up probably within this week or that week because you kind of have to still have your bye week and the schedule itself is already kind of like out there. So how if, heaven forbid, because it's very tough, those two sports... Which cannot really, you can't really put everybody in like one area. Unless football just does something where, you know, half of, you know, one division is in Florida and the other one is out in California in a bubble. And they play on a football stadium with no one there. And I don't know how you play all those games unless some get played throughout the week. And even with the schedule where it allows for Sunday, Monday night games, Thursday night games, how do you do that? But the thing is, is that with those two, it's going to be really hard to finish that season because what if it occurs between two teams when we get towards the World Series? Or what if it occurs with an entire NFL squad as we get into the playoffs? Do you play that game, or do they just have to wait another two weeks before – somebody could play it. How do you pull this off? That's my question.
0: Mm-hmm. I wish I had an answer for that. Because that would make me feel better for tonight. All right, this is yeah. the reason that it, it it's the Cubs Cardinals series. It's a big series. It's almost as big in Chicago, almost as big as the Subway Series. Mm-hmm. Although in Chicago it's bigger. The so Subway Series is bigger. And I will admit that. But as an Illinois girl, Cup title series, series. I was really looking forward to it. And I could get it out here on the West Coast. And now I'm getting a But I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. Because even if you did put the NFL and split them between two different locations, or even three, let's say we want to put them into three different locations.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's going to be how do you
1: schedule that out? Because if you only have like one or two fields, say, you know, one team plays on the other, another one plays in on the other. You probably do that as your 1 o'clock game, or I'm sorry, as your you know, in the central standard times on your noon game, and then the 3 o'clock game. And then that's maybe four games that you can get in. Does the fifth, being a triple header on Sunday night or a Monday night, how does that work? I, I don't know how you get that done. Like I said, the minute that someone comes out with COVID, how do you – play that game because if
0: baseball is... They're keeping them in the bubbles for the NHL or for basketball, and I understand that, but I'm wondering because we do have enough domes and full arenas that are probably not going to be being used uh, for college football games and such, they could split it into four regions yeah, you
1: know, Because then you're
0: gonna lose out
1: on the interconference mm-hmm. play. Yep. It
0: just turns into a, it turns into a
1: mess. It really does turn into a mess. It's it's turning into a huge mess, and I don't know. Like football, I'm hoping that they're taking notes on all of this and how to really handle it. Because I, I have a feeling as soon as the, and they're talking about adding fans in the stands, so we're talking about. As soon as this starts, there's going to be a lot of people within, like, you know, uh, that are going to be involved in game day situations, and that's players, to the fans, and heaven forbid something occurs, you know, how do you, how do you roll on from that? I, I don't know, and, and I guess in these next few weeks, I think that's why NFL players were pretty uh, concerned. Uh, in regards to the startup of the season and a lot of players who had up until Thursday night to decide whether or not to do it, uh, I think there are a total of 60 some players that had opted out uh, of playing this season and I'm pretty sure as time goes along there probably will be more especially if there's a concern to you know, it's happening especially with uh, now preseason workouts getting underway or training camps getting underway uh, I, don't, I it, it's going to be an interesting time. don't know what baseball right now having particular teams in particular regions having issues with COVID whether it was down in Miami, now in Missouri you know, now you have to wonder about other hot spots such as in Arizona maybe, you know, in California you know, how can you kind of keep the schedule or the train running so to speak and how do you make up those games?
0: Have they actually figured out how they're gonna
1: make up those games? They said that if they were going to do double headers and they were going to adopt the college rule of where the double headers would be seven inning. So pretty much that's how they've got it going right now. Huh. So I don't know I how don't that's know. Going. So interesting thing to keep an eye on. Uh we'll definitely uh an eye on that. Um, you know, the funny thing is, is right before this show, saw uh, uh, someone post. <laughs> someone posted something, and they said not to alarm anybody, but Mad Max took place in 2021. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, nice. I feel this. That you're kind of living in one of those situations where people are kind of like all over the place, and and I was saying, kind of before we started this, um, I'm sorry, but this week has been like a really, really weird week. Um, I think it's gotten to a point now where I've kind of, even when I peek in and I start to watch the news, that I can be aware of what's going on. Every once in a while, there's something that they're surprises me were disappointed, and i think the thing that disappointed me i kid you not and, I, and we have like a whole evening's worth of stories i want to get to this one because i did not think that we would need to in 2020 need to tell the public about you know the problem started years ago. Remember, well, what was it? When people were worried about little kids uh, getting under the cabinets and getting to the bleach and getting to, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, iodine bottles. Tide Pod Challenge. <laughs> yeah, it'd be the Tide Pod Challenge. So I kid you not, mm-hmm. uh, I saw a story the other day, and it said that people are getting sick and even dying after swallowing hand sanitizer. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said on Wednesday that four people have died and others have suffered impaired vision or seizures. Hand sanitizer is everywhere and is useful for cleaning the hands during the coronavirus pandemic, but it's not safe to swallow, the CDC cautions. Alcohol-based hand sanitizer products should never be ingested. A CDC team described a case of 15 adults in Arizona and New Mexico hospitalized for methanol poisoning after consuming alcohol-based sanitizer between May and June. Adults, not kids. The CDC is not sure why people might drink hand sanitizer. Children might do it by mistake, and some people may think it's a good substitute for alcoholic drinks. It is not. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has been repeatedly warning about methanol and some hand sanitizers distributed in the United States. Unlike ethanol, the alcohol usually used to make hand sanitizer, methanol is toxic and can even poison people through their skin. The FDA has warned against more than 100 hand sanitizer products. I, I did not think that uh, they said that they found 15 people between the ages of 21 to 65 were admitted to a hospital after ingesting alcohol-based hand sanitizer. Six developed seizures while in the hospital, and three were discharged with new visual impairments. One patient, a 44-year-old man, said that he drank it in a, in the day, a few days before seeking medical care. The man was hospitalized six days for acute methanol poisoning, and when he was discharged, he went home with almost complete vision loss. Really? Really? Are you <laughs> waiting for a
0: response for me? We grew, I'm sorry. We are adults in a time where the Tide Pod Challenge was a thing. So as much as I would love to say, yeah, People aren't dumb. No, people are dumb. we got a lot of people that are dumb. <laughs> I was going
1: to say, you want to retract that?
0: <laughs> no, people are dumb. Like,
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there,
0: there are a lot of people out there. Uh, like, the gene pool needs some chlorine. Like, I, I, you need to clear it out. And, this, and chlorine might have a new brand name called Corona. I mean, seriously, people. This is just insane. What, I, oh. Oh my yes.
1: I didn't think but we would means, need a you know, warning for like the about like hand sanitizer.
0: <laughs> Somebody said something somewhere that said, Ooh, alcohol is probably gonna clean out your insides too. I don't know. You put
1: them. I just I I had to look at that twice and I could not believe that people are doing this in 2020 where they know that it's not... Why would you even, like, want to tweak it? I don't know. (sighs) Wow. I I, I mean,
0: even the good smelling... Like, most hand sanitizers have a specific smell. It's a very, very specific smell. Even the ones that don't smell like that, the ones that smell like
1: edible,
0: for lack of a better term,
1: yeah. Too?
0: Like, <laughs> most of them don't. Most of them don't even smell like they would taste good. So why would you want to try that? I
1: don't I don't know. Like, especially, you know, what the ones at the gas stations that they have, that's like straight-up alcohol. Oh. I, I don't know what that is. I, I'm almost afraid to put it on my hand. Well, I think I did try one. Well, and all the alcohol
0: companies that made their hand sanitizers, like Budweiser who made the hand sanitizer, and, you know, the distilleries that made hand sanitizer, um... Mm-hmm. To make up for it because of the shortage or what have you, that's what they did. Even right. those, if you smell them, they're just—they're awful. They're awful, and I don't like the fact that they're not like—they're very runny too. But that's—that's that's a personal preference. It doesn't mean that Yeah, it doesn't I it.
1: like like the. Thick one. I don't, don't like the runny it. one, that, like water.
0: Right, I like the gel ones better.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it's uh, people, 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 people. people. Hand sanitizer, really? Oh, no. Yeah. Well, that was a nice move, dumbass. Yeah, (laughs) it's not good. (laughs) Uh, But on the other front, I think another thing that I wanted to kind of point out before we kind of get into some of the stories that we had tonight, I'm always amazed at what kids don't know. Um, Shortly before coming on the air, I read, and I thought I saw this story, about uh, these YouTube stars. Their name are Tim and Fred Williams. And I guess they went viral because for the first time, uh, they sat and they listened to Phil Collins' In the Air Tonight. <laughs> it's been almost 40 years since he made that song. But their reactions, especially to the drum beat when it, like, hits, Everyone is just like, <laughs> Twitter is just like enjoying it because they were so like, oh, my God, you know, like this song. And even though they posted late last night, it's it's getting like a lot of hits. You have to see it. Uh, I'm always amazed. I don't know, maybe I'm different. When I grew up, sure. my dad used to play hits from a ton of artists. Not just, you know, one particular genre. And when I was growing up, you know, I would listen to the radio and, you know, I would watch MTV. I would watch, uh, you know, VH1. That's when
0: MTV had
1: music. Yeah, back when they had music. And I would watch all the different channels, listen to the different music, and I would immerse myself in other brands of music. Got my love from it. Even my love for the Beatles came when my dad first played a record, 45, of Come Together. And it's it's amazing that these guys who've been around for a little bit, I mean, they're a little older. They're like 16, 17. And I'm pretty sure. I'm like They probably never even watched The Hangover because that song was in there when Mike Tyson made his appearance. <laughs> so I'm highly surprised that was the first time that they heard that song.
0: How do you get loud without 19th? hearing it in the air tonight?
1: I mean, it's even on, like, even sometimes when NBA players, right before they get ready to play, arenas play that song. Okay. But I, I don't know. Do you find it's a little. Because I know you're like me. You probably heard, like, a lot of different songs growing up. Is, okay. is, it, is it something now where younger people just have tunnel vision and it is what it is and they're not really, like, looking at other things? Because even then, you and I, when we grew up, we watch old TV shows. We watch new TV shows. You know, we probably watched I Love Lucy, you know, and Three Stooges, and Tom and Jerry, all the old stuff before we were even born. These new, mm-hmm. new generation just seem to be like, if it's new, it's on. If it's something old, they probably don't have, like, any interest in it whatsoever. No, oh I can't say that.
0: I, I, I can't say that across the board. It really does depend and I think there is a generational gap. Um, I, I I believe and this is just a belief, so this is my opinion and I'm gonna to stick to it. It is the a parents job. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm parents out there. This is just my opinion, you can take it or leave it. I believe it's the parents' job to feed, clothe and then educate their children. And I'm not talking, like, math and English and all that, like, although that would be helpful if you could help in those areas, but to very much so remind your child, at least make them aware that the world didn't start the day they were born. Okay? Right. It just did So things like what I've done is I play the oldie station. And the oldie station makes me feel extremely old because the oldie station doesn't play the oldies anymore.
1: For me, (laughs) they play
0: my music, (laughs) and the oldies for my child. But I play that station, and then I still go back, and I find, like, the classic stations again, which is, like, really? That's classic? But um, movies, it's like, okay, yeah, we get to watch the movies that are just coming out, but then, oh, did you see... Clue. Did you see um, what was the one that I played the other day? Renaissance Man. I know that's an odd one. Um, In the army now, have you seen the original Jurassic Park? Have you seen the original Jumanji? You know, like, hey, these are being, this is a remake, okay? So, Blues Brothers. There was a Blues Brothers weekend. We watched all of them even the ones that I don't like, which are all except for the original. But it is it is my job as a parent to expose my child as uh, as a child to things that I grew up with and things that influence me. And then also expose, because sounds so wrong, because the more I say expose, the more I'm going into the gutter of my brain, but expose myself <laughs> to what's going on in modern times. So... I'm also that person that's going to have to go on to YouTube. I am that person that's going to go on to um, Twitch and watch live streams and get in touch with what my child is out there doing and, and consuming as a person, as a consumer, because children are consumers as well. So that's my opinion. I think that it is parent's job to do that. Am I surprised? Not really. I think there is a generation of parents that were out there going, this is my stuff and that's it, and then forgetting that they have kids that should probably learn about it Hmm. and just letting their kids be like, nope, this is what my kid wants to consume right now, and that's what we're going to focus on. So they never were exposed to things like the Beatles or Earth, wind and fire. What did my daughter play with? Mark went to fire. So it's like they're not exposed to that stuff because the parents didn't help them be exposed to those things. So am I surprised? Not really. I think there's a specific generation of, of parents that don't teach their kids about that stuff. I think parents that are around my age remember to do that only because we're still stuck, like this is where we wanna be. Mhm. You know, that was, a, that was a golden age of stuff. Like, when we grew up, when you and I grew up, we had, you know, comedy show, MacGyver. And then MacGyver. we grew up into other things like Friends and find Himself. You know, like, we had, we had a wide a wide range of things. We, we came at, like, the best time, I think. So why wouldn't we want to share that with more people, including Young
1: well, you but know I guess what? I kind of
0: that.
1: No, well, you know what? Younger people are really going to be uh, immersed in 80s stuff because over the last 48 hours, I've heard there's going to be a reboot of Who's the Boss with Alyssa Milano oh. and uh, Tony Danza. And then uh, there is word that's coming out that uh, there is going to be a Night Rider film. Uh, oh. So uh, James Wan, uh, who uh, directed The uh, Conjuring Universe and Aquaman, he's partnered with Spyglass Media to develop a film rebooted an 80s series. So uh, it's going to be set, I think, in present day, they said. So <laughs> there's going to be a lot of kids that are going to be learning about uh, some 80s shows coming up soon. So, yeah. Good. Well, I mean, yeah. they, did the, they did the movie adaptation of Baywatch, and that did rather well. So they yeah. do a good job of it. I, I, I guess so. so. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it, it, caught, it caught the Baywatch vibe. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it it kids uh, they'll they'll start to learn about the '80s, so uh, or probably the '90s for those that were around then, <laughs> which makes this even more disturbing that some kids were around during the '90s. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> that will be it. Um, so.
0: I used to be with it, but then
1: they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it, and what's it seems weird and scary to me. It'll happen to you. Yeah, it will. Absolutely. <laughs> eventually. Absolutely. Yes, it will. <laughs> eventually, it will. But um, later in the program, uh, we're going to have some pretty big news. About a special hey. show that we're going to be doing. I know it's one that we've had to do for a long time. Um, <laughs> so I'm really uh, excited. Yeah. Uh, so we will have some do about. That. I almost forgot that. Uh, I'm going to announce that oh. tonight. I I know. I know. I've got a lot going here. You know, it's 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 uh, a lot going through my brain right now because we're working on a lot of other things. Uh, we'll have the special page one that we're going to discuss here toward the end of tonight's show and then uh, we will also have a new 411 lounge coming up we're hammering out a date uh, originally the 411 lounge was going to be this month but uh, we're now in August It's okay. um, it was going to be this month but uh, scheduling happened so it should be sometime in early September, but when we get that date hammered out, we'll announce it to you. But as for tonight, a uh, couple of that I wanted to discuss. Uh, one of the things actually something that we kind of talked about a little bit before. Uh, I know, and I was going to ask you, I know a while back uh, you uh, decided to kind of not really do too much on social media or Facebook. How did that go? Uh,
0: it was a very nice break, and I think I need to take another one. I actually ended up, I don't know what to call it on Facebook anymore, uh, spending my account for a short period of time, and it was, mm-hmm. I want to say, two weeks I think is
1: what I ended up doing and that it, it really it, it helped it really did hmm. help um, I need to do it again hmm. well interesting thing that you note that because I did see a story this week and it just pretty much it states that have you ever been mindlessly scrolling through your social media feed and then realize you're stressed about news stories that you can't even control it's called doom scrolling And apparently, it's becoming an issue for many people. In particular, in the era of COVID-19, following news stories that are directly relevant or actionable to you and your choices in your community is just going to make you feel depressed and anxious and overwhelmed, just a terrible idea, according to Dr. Melissa Hunt, who's a clinical psychologist and associate director of clinical training at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, She's been studying social media and the effects on the mood for some time. And she has a program of research examining the impact of social media in general on the mood and psychological well-being of young adults. Depending on people's habits, Hunt says, a person's mood can vary when using social media, depending on which of two ways people you can use to study flow of information. Adaptive, which helps people feel more connected, or maladaptive, which makes people feel really terrible. For instance, she said, when people follow friends, it helps people feel less lonely, less depressed, and feel more supported in general. Uh, Friends is in people you actually know from multiple in-person connections, people who you like and people who want to sustain a relationship with. Uh, Using social media passively and to follow strangers is when people can feel pretty terrible. She says in situations of terrible uncertainty like this coronavirus, it's very, very tempting. In a natural human instinct to try and get information that will provide us with some sort of certainty. Both Twitter and Facebook reported more people have been using their platform so far this year, and according to Twitter, there's been a 24% increase in daily use in the first quarter. The New York Times reports a 27% increase in daily Facebook usage. However, she noted social media could provide positives for people, too. She said that some people have used it to connect with friends while being isolated at home. And she believes that self-monitoring or becoming aware of your social media use is always good. And she suggested being an app tracker or figuring out how often you scroll. No more than an hour a day on social media is her rule number one. And one of her other pieces of advice, don't do it late at night. For God's sake, don't do it in bed Uh, because the blue spectrum light affects your sleep. It's not a good way to unwind. And she strongly recommends not even taking your cell phone in a bedroom so, oh. uh, buying that?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately with bringing it into the bedroom, it's that my, my charger is in my bedroom and that it's my alarm clock. So, um, ah, not that, I, I'm that is what you
1: said, me, but my phone your alarm is my clock, alarm. my $12 alarm clock.
0: <laughs> right. And I do have a $12 alarm clock that I can use. However, Why, when I don't look at it in bed? So it comes into my room, it gets plugged in, it is my alarm box, it's also, you know, the way I have to, for part of my job, I do have to have my phone available. Um, However, 100% agree. Um, If you are aware that your scrolling does take up more of your time and you get bummed about whatever or Depressed or what have you. Um, then yeah, taking a break from that is actually a good thing. Uh, when I took my break from Facebook, uh, it was it was nice because I I stopped following people that were were bringing down my mood. But then I also realized who I missed talking to, so I could connect mm-hmm. to them on an actual personal level, like actually speaking to them, actually texting them, actually going and seeing them if I could, if they were in the area. So that made that a little, that brought that into a stark focus. Um, Like I said, that was towards the beginning of this whole thing. Um, I do need to do it again. I think that I've kind of fallen back into some of the old habits and maybe go a little longer without being there or limiting my, my scrolling and my Facebook usage. that I'm not full-on there the whole time. But yeah, yeah, 100% buy that. 100%. I'm a selective scroller.
1: A filtered lens. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm more of a selective scroller. I know if it's going to be a bunch of BS that I'm probably about to walk into. I pretty much just keep scrolling. I don't know if I'm like anybody else here, but I I guess it doesn't really bother me as much. If I see it, it may be one of those things like, really? And then I'll pretty much just keep scrolling. I, I guess I really don't let it bug me because I know mm-hmm. that that's the person who they are, and I'm not surprised the first time. Um, I don't think there's anything that's going to upset me by now because I think I pretty much have – a lot of people figured out in regards to Facebook friends especially those that like to overpost or post every day or post every couple hours and have a conversation on Facebook <laughs> to themselves mm-hmm. um but yeah I, even with news stories you know being here in Chicago uh of course you know we can't turn a blind eye to things that are going on in this city um There are a lot of people who, you know, every day, and like I said, it comes to watching the news, uh, I kind of have gotten in the last few weeks, so I pick and choose where I watch Uh, because I already know what's going to happen. Pretty much you're either going to get a story about a shooting, which is unfortunate because that should not be. Even at a time of a pandemic, now we have to worry about a shooting. But that's a different story for another day. Or it's going to be something political, or it's going to be something related to what's going on now. Because the coronavirus, no matter what it is, unfortunately, this is kind of our life now, and it affects every different story that we have. Um, I think for those who are easily or could get easily rattle, uh, my advice is maybe, you know, and it's tough because, Facebook now has that thing where you use different people. Greatest invention that they probably ever had. Uh, where probably you should, if that person upsets you a lot, it's best to either probably not befriend them, but you can actually unfollow them as to where you will not see as many of their postings. Or you can put them on snooze. There's options where you don't really have to see it now. Um, and you could just stay with what you got. Or, yeah, you could take that little break and go away from social media for a little bit or limit what you normally could do. I think that's the good thing now about social media is that you're not uh, bombarded or inundated with everybody's stuff all at once. There's now options in which you can pretty much just, like, get rid of it or not see it or get rid of it for a little bit of time. So I'm very, odd feeling a lot of people are going to be doing this around like October, November.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just it. You don't necessarily have to get rid of Facebook. Like I never got rid of Facebook. I just took a break, took a break, needed a break. And I only took a break from Facebook. So I still got news from Instagram and Twitter. And then, so there was that. And then, you know, When I needed to take a break from Twitter, I did. I take a break from Twitter all the time. Um, So, yeah, it just really depends. There's a lot going on, and I'm more sensitive to stuff, and even though I could scroll past a lot of it, it's still – I still see it. So then I need to take that break.
1: Right. Yeah, so pretty much uh, it – Goes on, but uh, there are different ways, hopefully, for people to avoid it. Um, of course, uh, we're kind of a little bit past the halfway mark. You're listening to page one. I'm LeVar, and that voice that you just heard was Mary. Um, and you know what? I actually, as part of our new package this week, because <laughs> I have to play it all because it's been paid for, um, in the business we have <laughs> intro, we have an outro. We also have a sweeper for the halfway point of the show. Um, Just for because it's been paid for. And I usually will probably, during this show, when I know we don't have much to talk about, I will probably say, hey, you know what? Thanks for joining us. Let's pause for this station identification. And then at that point, you'll hear this.
0: You're listening to Page 1 with Lavar and Mary on Block Talk Radio. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's Lavar and Mary.
1: And because I could stop it at any given point. <laughs> Money's been paid for it, so whether you like it or not, you'll hear a sweeper, you'll hear the intro, and sometimes you will hear the outro. Deal with it. Anyway, (laughs) page one, that's Barry, as you heard, but uh, one of the other stories that uh, we got this week that I thought was pretty interesting, and I'm not going to go too deep into this one tonight, but I just thought it was worth mentioning because this is an interesting point, and I don't know how this gets decided, but... Uh, We always talk about the, we're not going to say what if, but the wins, and we're all hopeful that, you know, sooner rather than later, there will be a vaccine for COVID-19. But with that, the conversation now starts, is who gets to be first in line for that vaccine? U.S. health authorities hope by late next month to have some type of draft guidance on how to ration the initial doses but it's kind of proving to be a little bit more of a vexing decision. Uh, Frances Collins, the director of the National Institutes of Health, says not everybody's going to like the answer. Uh, she recently told one of the adversary groups that the government asked to help decide that there will be many people who feel that they should have been at the top of the list. Traditionally, first in line for a scarce vaccine are health workers and the people most vulnerable to targeted infection. But she also tossed some new ideas into the mix considering geography and giving, people pri- giving priority to people where an outbreak is hitting hardest. And don't forget volunteers in the final stage of vaccine testing who get dummy shots. The comparison group needed to tell if the real shots truly work. She says we owe them some special priority. Huge studies this summer aim to prove which of several experimental COVID-19 vaccines is safe and effective, and Pfizer began tests last week that eventually will include 30,000 volunteers each in the next few months, equally large calls for volunteers will go to te- uh, out to test shots made by AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, and Novavax. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where right now it's getting a little tricky uh, in whether people who Uh, The the CDC is saying first vaccinate 12 million of the most critical health, national security, and other essential workers. Next will be 110 million people at high risk for the coronavirus, those over 65 who live in long-term care facilities, or those of any age who are in poor health or who also are deemed essential workers. The general population would come later, later when we don't know. Uh, And then they wanted to kind of know who is really essential. Uh, A pediatrician stated that I wouldn't consider myself a critical health care worker, and the risks today are far different than the pandemic's early days. So the question here, also the other worry, I guess I want to add that, is that some black, Latino, and Native American populations disproportionately hit by the coronavirus are worried that, you know, they're going to be Uh, overlooked, and the urban poor who live in crowded conditions with less access to health care and who can't work from home uh, will probably be overlooked as well. I I don't want to be anyone that has to make this decision. Um, I guess looking at that, who should make that decision? And if I guess you were having a hearsay or a vote in this, who actually goes first?
0: Mm, don't make me answer that. I have no idea. Um, now you're
1: hearing some people who say they don't want the first round of vaccine. Right. It's a very, very difficult cool decision. One, I mean, huh? I would think if I was going to make that decision, uh, I would go with some of those protocols. Uh, I would be more worried about, I would want, the healthcare workers, to, if it was a surefire answer to what was going on, I would want the healthcare workers and people who were on the front lines who would come, you know, across that, along with those who were critically the, the ones who were high risk. I would want those people to probably get it first, um, because you need healthcare mm-hmm. workers, <laughs> you need mm-hmm. essential workers who are out there. Um, and those who are really, 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 really uh, high risk, vulnerable, you want to take care of them first, so that the doctors and the nurses or anyone can take care of those who it wouldn't affect as much and could possibly get over it quicker, because they're not going to be long range, you know, around those people, and it shouldn't be that long. Or those people can probably convalesce at home. Clearing up probably the healthcare system. That's the only way I could see that. I order.
0: agree. the 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 point that I uh, the thing that I come up against the law that I come up against is how do you ter- determine essential workers? Yeah. And I, I I know that that's opening a can of worms because this happened in March. Mm-hmm. I'm deemed essential. But are you? You know, I mean, yeah. I know that uh, it's going to have to come down to it. This is why I said, Don't ask me. I am too much of a bleeding heart. I cannot, I, I care too much about people. I really, yeah. really genuinely do. And you know, that's about me. Um, right. it, it, the decision needs to be made by somebody that can look at this and say, Okay, listen, like military triage, this is what's going to happen. We're going to, it's going to be nurses, it's going to be um, doctors it's going to be surgeons that are in ERs that are dealing with this, number one. It's not going to be your nurses that work out of a surgical suite where people get their liposuction. Sorry, lady, not no. essential. I know you're a nurse, but not essential. No. It's, not going to, it's going to be your postal workers. It's going to be your military. It's going to be your fire, your EMT, your, your police department. But it's not going to be somebody that works at a government office that takes calls about your water bill. Yeah, they're essential because they need to be there to answer phone calls about a water bill, but they're not essential, okay? Like, right. And that's where I'm saying, like, I'm, I can't make those cuts like that, like those broad-reaching cuts like that. Uh, your, your grocery store workers, I love you guys. They are very essential for me to be able to have food, but are they essential to get the vaccine the first time out? I don't think so. You know, like, where does that line get drawn? And I'm glad I don't have to make that decision because I can't. But the, those are going to be the hard calls, mm-hmm. especially when you start to say essential versus non essential. Because essential, five months ago, I was fighting with people that were selling wigs to cancer patients. Mm-hmm. Noble place, not essential. Do right. you see where I'm going with that? It's like yeah. I, I agree with what you're doing and I understand what you're doing and you know what, you're bringing joy to people's lives that need it right now, but you're not essential. Whereas, you know, three months ago, a casino's essential, but uh, the grocery stores can't sell alcohol. It, it, it was just, it's silly things like that that are being, those are the decisions that are being made at certain levels and I don't like it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that needs Those decisions need to come from And is, unfortunately the people that are in charge to make those Decisions are the people that are Making the decisions about essential and non-essential Right
1: now so Yeah Wow well, yeah. That's, that's what we uh, That's why the great debate Starts and uh, hopefully they will have Some type of uh, Recommendations that is fair And that other people Who you know we understand that this is what we have to do and hopefully it's done fairly and I don't know who Detroit really trust with that whole thing but um you know hopefully it's done fairly hopefully it's done the way in which those who need it first get it and then the other vaccines for everyone else comes along a lot more sooner than later and it's available so uh we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that and then uh one of our other stories tonight. I was hoping it wouldn't get to this point, but I knew it was going to get to this point. Uh, students in one central Illinois district are barred from wearing pajamas while taking online classes, uh, with education officials there saying that sleepwear is, quote, not acceptable school apparel. Springfield Public Schools Board of Education this week approved the district's new student handbook, which included language that applies in person dress codes to remove. Uh, to remote instruction, and they said that online students will be, quote, dressed according to the dress code, hats, caps, bandanas, hoods of any type, sweatbands, sunglasses, pajama pants, slippers, or shoes with wheels attached to the bottom. Do they still wear that? Shall not be worn in the buildings. Uh, The students are also being told to get out of bed, sit at the table, and look directly into the camera during online classes we don't need students in pajamas and all those other things while on their zoom conference is according to the director he says in our regular student dress code it actually states the pajama pants and so forth are not acceptable school apparel and so this remote learning information that we put in with the students rights and responsibilities that will fall back under that dress code they must follow the dress code of the building and no pajama pants uh... some parents question the need for the at home dress code um, one parent uh, said, too many families are already shut out by a digital divide. To put more barriers in place, you have to sit at a table, you have to dress a certain way, it does not make sense. Uh, and <laughs> I uh, have also heard that, uh, and some people were writing about it, and they said that uh, some students showed up, didn't wear a shirt, <laughs> and just got out of bed. And pretty much some were already, like, sitting in bed. You could see them, you know, with the pillow and everything else. I'm kind of in agreement with this. I don't want to be an old funny-duddy. But I'm kind of in agreement with this one. I would much rather see you put on a T-shirt than to be wearing pajamas or sitting in bed. Because you're not going to do that in school. And... The other thing too is that if you're wearing something that's not appropriate online, the scary part to this is that you have no idea who is watching those Zoom meetings. So, I, you are the parent of a soon-to-be senior who will probably be probably be doing some online learning. Have schools out there, as far as you know, have they set these? They're full like, virtual but have they set those rules as to what you should be wearing when you go online?
0: Uh, they set the rules with the um, school dress codes that still apply. Yes. Yes, they have. And I actually had a conversation about that today um, huh. with a couple of students, um, including um, my child and their friends, um, about this. And their take on it was, how do they know I'm in pajamas? If I wear a t-shirt and shorts to bed, that's not pajamas. that's what I wear. Those are also clothes. Um, I don't understand. And then on top of that, my student goes to a school that has a uniform, so theirs is you should be wearing a uniform shirt while you're at doing the online learning. No spaghetti straps for free dress, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. I think, and the, what we came up with for the, the whole thing was, it, it sets the example. Um, we're all hoping, and I'm hoping beyond hope is soon, um, much sooner. Like, I don't know how much more of this I can take. Um, but that it goes from being fully virtual, and in some areas they have the hybrid model, to the hybrid model, to full attendance, like, we're hoping that, like, the world kind of gets back to normal where we can all kind of show, show up at where we're going, okay. and if we start out the year in such a way, I do this with my student as it is now, with the, fir, the couple of weeks before school starts, yeah, all summer you've had no, you know, no, no um, bedtime, I don't care what time you get up in the daytime, as long as you get all your chores done, I'm cool, you know, whatever. Now it's, hey, you've got a curfew, bedtime's this time, here's your curfew, you've got to be in the house at this time, you should be up at this time. If you're not up and dressed and showered and got your teeth brushed at this time, then you're not ready to go. We start doing that. We start getting used to that schedule again, because you have to get into that routine. And by putting a student into proper attire, at least from the waist up, for those Zoom calls, and and I'd really like it to be the full dress, but, you know, I can't do anything about it. Um, Absolutely, I agree with that. Now, sitting in your bed, again, that (laughs) goes back to treating it like it is school. But some students don't have a desk. Some students don't have a table that they can sit at and do these things. Some students don't have a room that they're dedicated to being able to sit down and quote-unquote learn or use a computer or, or whatever the case may be. Um, and I get that. A lot of families don't have all of those things, but every family has a counter somewhere. Everybody has, Every family has something where they sit somewhere that is, that is a desktop or whatever where they have dinner. Like, set aside an area. Even mm-hmm. if it is in the bedroom, just don't make it your bed. Make, right. get, make them get up. Make them go to a different place. Make them, it is a specific thing. You are, quote, unquote, whether it's virtual or not, going to school. Mm-hmm. And in those cases, check in. Do your thing. And, and you, students need that regimen. Students need, students need the, that schedule. Students need that routine. And that includes getting dressed. That includes having a specific area. I really do agree with that. Hats. All right, headbands, bandanas, I don't care how you do your hair. You know what? If you don't want to brush your teeth before you get onto a Zoom call, I'm not smelling your nasty breath. Still should (laughs) so that you're still used to it, so that you still are presenting yourself. I know people that when they go to work online from home or when they're working from home, they still get up, they still shower, they still do their hair. They may not do their makeup for women, Or they may not do all of those things, but they still do their routine. They still make their cup of coffee, and then they go to their quote-unquote office, even though that's a corner of their table, and they go to work, or a corner on the couch, and they go to work. But they still do their routine because that means I'm at work. I'm at school. I'm doing something that is not sitting at home.
1: Right. It's not
0: just sitting at home and slacking off. And that, I think, makes a difference.
1: I couldn't agree more. It's uh, you know, I, it's the routine part of it, and I think that uh, I think it would actually be better for. I know they're going to hate it, but I think it would be better for the student to get into a routine of actually getting dressed for school again because it's going to happen eventually. You will be going back mm-hmm. to school in some sort of way. Might as well start now, whether it's online or not. And you know, like I said, you don't have to wear you can still wear the pajama pants because somebody's looking from the waist down. But at least look right. presentable when you're going online. So, yeah. A uh, few minutes left to broadcast, and I did promise uh, announcement today. Um, woo-hoo! Should we do this with a timpani before I do it?
0: <laughs>
1: I, I have a timpani I don't know, I on like hand. I that drumming noise. No, I can do it. Here we go. That's a <laughs> few. I could do to drums. I got a set of drums right here. Uh, but the big announcement here is to mark your calendar. And I'm going to have more on Get this over wrong. on this com. But it has been finalized. And as I was kind of alluding to next week, I want you all to mark your calendars for Friday night, August 28th, uh, Our show normally comes on 10 o'clock Central, 11 o'clock in the East, but we're going to be an hour earlier. (laughs) Uh, We will be on at 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern time, because we have a special guest in the building. Page one, uh, one of the things that I always want to do with this show is have one particular comment, but have people who actually know what they're talking about and subject matter experts and we finally have one, and it's a show that we've been talking about some time that we wanted to do. And we wanted to talk about sex and relationships during this time of a coronavirus pandemic. And my special guest for that show will be adult star, certified sex ed coach and sex coach, and the CEO of her own studio, the adult star, D Siren. She will be here. On August 28th, Friday night, 9 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock out of the West. So we're in prime time here.
0: <laughs>
1: 7 o'clock in, out of the West, 8 o'clock in Wyoming or whatever you want to call it or wherever it's at. <laughs> 9 o'clock in <laughs> Chicago, 10 o'clock in New York. Tune in on that night. Now, I'm telling you now. We will not be able to take calls, but it will be an interesting show. But what I want to do to kind of make this a little bit more, of, I guess, interactive, is if you did have a question for D, send it to either me at newscommentbtr, or you could send it over to Mary at Blue Eyes Mama, and maybe. Maybe we will be able to have your answer among our own. But I'm kind of excited about this. I'm really excited. Forget kind of. I'm really <laughs> excited. <laughs> I mean, not in like, oh, I'm kind of excited. No, I'm very excited because I've never had a chance to beat Dee. And with her background, um, especially as a certified sex head sex, sex coach, if there's any question that we've got, and I'm going to tell you, we probably won't be shy. Um, no, no. <laughs> so this won't be like uh, uh city cousin. Fifth grade? cousin. Huh?
0: <laughs> this won't be asking aunt, aunt, aunt. I don't even have an aunt that you come up with. My auntie solely. It's not asking auntie solely for advice or going into fifth grade and not knowing anything.
1: Right. So it's not like that. I mean, we're, we're going to probably be asking questions here. Now, the one thing on that night, you all know that when we have shows like that, it's viewer discretion advised. I'm leaving it open to everyone because I want to make sure that everyone in a day and age like this, we all need to know. I'm excited about it. DeSyra will be here August 28th, 10 o'clock Eastern time one hour earlier than what this show normally is on. So mark your calendar so that you don't miss it. But we will have that. And with that said, looking at the clock, the time on the clock is telling us that we're a little late. But before we go, I will ask my dear friend if she has any shout-outs that she wishes to do this week.
0: Not this week. No, not this week. I want everybody to have a good week. Like, buck up, stay positive if you can. Don't feel bad if you have to break down. Go ahead, break down, but find somebody to break down, too. But other than that, no. I don't have any shout-outs this week. Gotcha. Next week, though, we got birthdays.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out who and when. (laughs) But for Mary, I am LeVar. Uh, Just wishing you all a great week ahead. Join us next Friday night. Uh, regular time for page one on blog talk radio until then thanks so much for listening and good night Bye. thanks for
0: listening to page one don't forget to get the latest show info on twitter at news comment btr and add us as a podcast on apple